the first question in terms of our constitution and fairness is, you know, who do these rules apply to and why do they apply to certain people and not to others? So the rules, as far as I can tell, are applying primarily to black school girls mm-hmm. um, and it's to girls rather than to boys, you know? Yes. So the the school may argue that this is um, because, uh, you know, the tidiness issues or whatever the argument is around this uh, applies to this particular category of students. Mm. But um, we then have to ask the the bigger question about the rights that our Constitution bestows upon all of us. These are rights to freedom of expression, freedom of association, freedom to be who we are. Mm. And um, inevitably, in the South African context, no matter what kind of argument the school puts forward, this is going to have both racial and sexist um, connotations. And the question, you know, I'm looking here at the Internet, some of the pictures uh, of the girls and so on, and you really wonder in what way this could possibly um, affect uh, the um, appearance of the girls or their performance, which yes. is really what school is all about, you know. Um, really, do we not have bigger things we need to be focusing on? And uh, this is happening during Women's Month. Yes. Um, so I think the, the irony is, is not lost uh, on any of us. Um, and I just think that this is uh, a very outmoded way of thinking. For goodness sake, it's 2016. Um, and uh, the rights um, of women of all shades and hues to be who they are and to present themselves as they wish um, in whatever shape or form is something that has to begin, you know, at school because school is uh, one of the major institutions uh, of our socialization. And uh, if we can't free our minds at school, then, you know, heaven help us in terms of changing attitudes uh, at the bigger societal level, I've shared with you a link to our attitude study mm. showing that one of the biggest impediments to gender equality in South Africa, and South Africa falls very far short, is around, um, you know, pervasive uh, attitudes uh, around women and women's roles. And, and it's just, it's not coincidental that this kind of thing um, constantly applies to women. You know, yes. men's appearance doesn't appear to be an issue. Uh, but it's always when it's women and girls that appearance becomes a factor. And that rubs in the, 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 the you know, the stereotype that um, all women are good for in society is their appearance and their looks, rather than the intellectual capabilities. Yes. Which every statistic shows us is, is not uh, is not in, in, in doubt. We just have to create an environment in which we value women as much, if not more, for their intellectual capabilities as for their physical attributes. I mean, what rights do these girls have then to say, I want to wear my hair as it is? 
I think they have every constitutional right uh, to say that. There is uh, nothing in the Constitution uh, that says any institution uh, can come and uh, predetermine how you look. Um, if they could advance a valid reason for that, you know, there may be certain professions, for example, in which you have to dress in a certain way because the profession demands it, you know? Mm. Um, and well, as far as I'm concerned, that should apply both to women and men. Um, but when we come to schooling, um, what, what, what is the valid argument, you know? What is the reasoning uh, being given? I think it's a completely outmoded um, and outdated way of, of, of thinking. It's out of tune with um, our Constitution and its values. And unfortunately, it reinforces both racial and gender stereotypes, which really by 2016 we should be, you know, we should be able to recognize and uh, we should be doing what they're doing, which is protesting against them. So what is the way forward for South African, not just South African women, but for women in general when it comes to um, how their appearance are dictated to them? You know, I think um, it, it really starts with women themselves standing up and saying, value me for who I am, you know, not for how you want me to be or how you want me to look. It is such an important part of women claiming their space. And I think these are the kinds of messages that should be going out during Women's Month. It's so unfortunate that what we tend to hear is, you know, shop right checkers or pick and pay, you know, having the opening shopping sprees and things like that, because unfortunately that just reinforces uh, those uh, stereotypes. What is Women's Month based on? It's based on the Women's March 60 years ago women standing up uh, against the pathos and making their voices heard and saying, we as women are not passive citizens. Uh, we see, we feel, we hear, we uh, are part of creating the social fabric. I mean, that should be the very strong message that, that goes out there. Of course, um, women have a right to care about their appearance, as men have a right to care about their appearance, but that is not a primary purpose for being you know, it's so, at a time like this, we should be having conversations about why young women are dropping out of high school, about high levels of teenage pregnancies, uh, for example, about young women having to take care of HIV and AIDS orphans, that sort of thing, rather than conversations about how young women should look when they're at school. It just sends out completely are the wrong message. Um, ours should be about nurturing a new generation uh, free of gender violence, free of stereotypes, free of misogyny, uh, able to be who they want to be, able to exercise their full human potential so that this nation, this society of ours can benefit from the incredible uh, potential that we have you know, women, men, young women, young men, black, white, and all shades, you know, the rainbow. That's the kind of messaging that should be going uh, going out. And I think the school authorities have kind of lost the plot on this one. My last question would be, is South Africa inclusive of women's rights, or is it just something that we have on paper? 
I would refer you again to the um, attitude survey on our website, and since this is an online uh, publication, uh, maybe you can make a link to it, mm. because there's some quite frightening uh, uh, statistics there that tell us that on paper we've gone well ahead of what's happening in the mind. So on paper, yes, we've come a very long way, you know, since um, 1994, the Constitution, the laws, and so on. But if you want the most telling indicator of gender violence uh, in our society, I'm uh, sorry, of gender equality in our society, it is the high levels of gender violence uh, that we um, continue to see because that tells you that gap between what is said on paper and what is actually happening in reality. And one of the questions we ask in the survey, to me this is very telling, is, the first question is, you know, do you believe that women and men uh, are equal? And high proportions of both women and men, of course, say yes. But the next question we ask is, um, you know, does a, um, uh, should a woman obey her husband? And then we also get very high levels of people saying, yes, she should. Mm. So that is an indicator of the sort of schizophrenia, if you like, in our society, where we mouth the words that women and men are equal, but then when we drill down to what does that actually mean, it turns out that we really have not changed our attitudes at all. Some of the questions we ask are around if a woman wears a short skirt, does that mean she's asking to be raped and so on? And again, we find, you know, a high level of um, affirmative responses to that. So there is uh, a big gap between uh, what is said on paper and what we all know, because the Constitution has been canvassed with us and we all know what the provisions are, between that and what we think and what we think determines how we behave. And it is ultimately those behaviors that tell us that we're still very, very far from achieving equality in our society.